Hello and welcome to FTI Cybersecurity Podcast Series, The Expert Briefing. My name is Dave Harvey and I'm a Senior Director here at FTI Consulting. Throughout this podcast series, FTI experts will discuss the latest issues and trends impacting the world of cybersecurity right now. And today's conversation is centred around the evolving threat of bots. Today I'm joined by special guests Matthew Gracie McMinn from Netasea, Matt Lane from the Cyber Group, and my colleagues, Jordan Ray Kelly and Ginny Spratt. I'll let my guests introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Matthew Gracie McMinn, and I'm the head of threat research at Netasea. We're, we're a company that's based in Manchester, and we, we specialize in bot management. My team specifically investigates bot developers and bot users, uh, you know, the, the people launching these attacks, essentially, and developing the tools, the tactics, and the procedures that these attackers use. And what we do is we determine how they're working, what they're planning to do, and you know, we compile this information, we give it away to our customers and to our internal teams, and we use it to try and really stay one step ahead of these attackers. Hi everyone, I'm Matt Lane and I'm one of the directors and co-founders at X-Cyber. We solve problems with state-grade intelligence expertise across the core themes of digital trust, safety and security, and I'm based in London. Hi there, I'm Jordan Ray Kelly and I'm a Senior Managing Director and Head of Cybersecurity for the Americas here at FTI Consulting, and I'm based out of Washington, D.C. Hi there, I'm Janie Spratt. I'm a Senior Director at FTI Consulting and I work in the Digital Insights team for Strategic Communications based in London. Thanks for joining me today. I'm looking forward to a great discussion about a fascinating subject. And to start with, I'd like to pose a challenge. Now, the problem of bots might not be completely obvious to business leaders. And so what I'd like to ask Matt Gracie McMinn, or we'll call him MGM because we've got so many Matts today, just to describe bot attacks and the sort of the ecosystem that enables them. Yeah, so they are something of a niche area of cybersecurity, and it's one I really think is a bit immature, at least from the defensive side of things. At the moment, what we're really seeing in terms of bot-based activity is uh, they're what we consider sort of business logic attacks. They're not really looking always for those sort of code vulnerabilities uh, or those known exploits, you know, the sort of things you see within the CVE lists or the sort of security announcements. They're not really looking for that. They're not really, these are the sorts of attacks that aren't really looking for those sorts of vulnerabilities. Instead, what they're really looking to do is to harness your web app, uh, your API or some sort of web-facing infrastructure in order to launch an attack against someone else well, against your organization, your organization will be caught up in it, of course, but really the, the victim is the, say, uh, someone whose credit card has been stolen. So for instance, if I, assuming I'm one of these bot users and I've got a list of, say, 100,000 stolen credit cards and I want to figure out which of them can be used for legal purchases, I may make, say, uh, $100,000, $1 purchases against your store using all of these different cards. Obviously, your store is built to try and process these sorts of credit card uses and so forth. You, you don't want to deny the, the use of a credit card on your store. Or you're probably not going to be making much money and you'd have a hard time selling that one to senior management. So you don't want to stop these. But at the same time, this sort of illegal use has some significant problems for your organization. So, for instance, credit cards have been stolen and used against you. You're going to face problems with chargebacks, potentially fines and so forth. Similar other attacks launched by bots are things like account takeover attacks. So, you know, credential stuffing, you get a list of a million stolen credentials from a data breach somewhere against some third party organization. Those are thrown against your organization just to see how many of them stick as it were. You know, how many places has one of your users reused credentials from that other site in, and reused those credentials on your site 
And so can those accounts now be broken into on your site? Again, you know, that puts you at risk of, say, PII breaches with any sort of data protection laws and so forth. So in many ways, the, these attacks are slightly outside of the traditional sort of code vulnerabilities, as I was saying, and instead they're focusing more on a sort of exploitation of an intended functionality in a malicious way. So that's kind of how we see them. And what, what we've seen recently over the last year, particularly with the uh, COVID-driven uh, move towards a sort of online-first social model, for want of a better term, we're seeing uh, an increase in the number of these attacks. Prudential stuffing has always been a problem on the internet, at least for, for the last few years, uh, loads and loads of these attacks going on all the time. But the amount of them is really increasing, including the level of sophistication. Uh, we're seeing more and more of these groups sort of coalesce together. So whereas previously we had sort of individual actors, we're now seeing groups starting to form. Partly because there's uh, more targets now available, more and more stores have had to move online and not all of them have had the time to build a sort of entirely secure or come to terms with these attacks and you know they're starting from behind and they're trying to to catch up to where these attackers are now so there is a bit of a disadvantage anyway these attackers are trying to exploit that as well as with more and more companies going online uh more and more data breaches going on all the time there's sort of it's almost like there's more blood in the water so there's more sharks more attackers are being drawn to this as a fairly low cost attack it's very easy to run quite often these tools are uh pre-made uh, they, these people are very much sort of traditional script kiddies, as it were. They're pre-made tools. They simply launch the, they, they download a tool often off GitHub or something for free and load in a list of, say, stolen credentials and so forth and fire it off. Thank you. I'm really struck by what you said there about that sort of supporting ecosystem. Uh, and I was wondering if, Matt, you'd be able to help us understand a little bit more about the role of criminality within that network. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Dave. And um, thanks, MGM, there for a really good overview of what we're talking about here. I mean, when we say bots, you know, let's, let's be clear, what we're really talking about is an automation of some sort of function. Um, and that's really important to understand when you think about the criminal context. Before we get there, um, you know, for me, it's, it's quite interesting to look at, um, as MGM says, you know, this is quite a niche area of cybersecurity at the moment. That's really only because there aren't many people focusing on it as an issue. And I think that will now start to change. Um, you know, absolutely COVID, as with many things, has been a catalyst for automation. It's been a catalyst for digital transformation in a variety of ways. And the same is absolutely true of criminal groups and criminal behaviour. So if we look at who engages with bots traditionally, you know, these are, these are automated processes, um, particularly the younger generation. They're engaging with bots as a method to access both legitimate and illegitimate services. So that's really the background to the sort of people that are engaging with these things. You know, if you're a retailer now, your design of the customer journey is being impacted by this external automation. Um, if you're a retail bank, um, you're already aware of the impact of bots, absolutely no doubt at all. You know, people trying to access customer accounts on an automated basis, constant attacking and probing of company networks. You know, these are all sorts of automated behaviors that you see in that criminal ecosystem. Fundamentally, though, if we look at um, a criminal ecosystem, it's a business. It's just an illegitimate business. Um, and really what they're doing here is trying to introduce scalability of that business in the way that many of us might consider digital transformation of our own um, services, our own market outreach programs. Criminals are doing the same. So in the case of COVID as a catalyst, that sort of necessity has breeded even more innovation in these areas. Um, and again, just to touch sort of briefly there, you know, it can be hard to tell when you're engaging with some of these services now. There are so many of them available. They're, they're so highly customized. 
point and click sort of operations that, that you can purchase to do almost anything online, as a potential user, a purchaser of a bot service, it's quite difficult to actually ascertain what, what's a legitimate service and what's an illegitimate one. Um, so you may inadvertently be involving yourself in criminal activity simply by engaging with these types of programs. It is interesting what you say about the, the company there, because that's definitely what we've seen with some of these groups is that they actually started, they've actually started adopting very much the sort of style of a professional uh, organization, particularly the developers have started adopting sort of software development patterns. Uh, agile development is quite popular. Uh, we've seen a few cases of waterfall style models of development. We've seen support desks, feature request tickets, the whole whole work that you see in a professional software development company. We're now seeing in the bot world as well. Yeah, absolutely, MGM. Um, I think one of the, uh, the, the oddest things um, we've seen most recently has actually been terrorists um, using um, bots to automate the process of disseminating propaganda. So, you know, these, these issues are now, they really are touching every aspect of our society. Uh, and I think now we're at the turning point where people are starting to become a little bit more consciously aware of these issues and how it impacts their online experience, how businesses um, you need to think about these issues as they're, um, as they're considering their own digital transformation steps. I think from a, a communications perspective, you know, we're seeing exactly the same thing where more audiences are online and they're using, you know, online channels more than ever. And it's really the spread of this misinformation that we're seeing getting about on social media and online channels. And uh, from a communications perspective, you know, that's certainly the biggest trend that we're seeing is that there's there's more propaganda out there, as you say, Matt. Um, but also, you know, given that we're in the midst of economic recovery, audience trust is more fragile and more important than ever. Um, you know, the, the strength of reputation is really going to determine how quickly organizations are going to bounce back from, from the pandemic. So I think, um, you know, the spread of misinformation can really get in the way of a connection a company has with their audiences and it can um, jeopardize audience trust. So I think, you know, from a, a reputation perspective, there's a real opportunity for businesses to educate around this propaganda and this spread of misinformation and the way that audiences and customers are being targeted by this malicious activity. So um, I, I think that has to be a core part of any of any business's strategy when tackling bots. They must remember to integrate, you know, technical and non-technical skills and consider, um, you know, how communication plays into uh, the strategy. Thanks, Jenny. Just on that one, there was, I'm really struck by that crossover between the use of bots for seemingly legitimate reasons, but using very illegitimate means. Jordan, from, from a more global perspective, what are you seeing in terms of the impact then on businesses? I think that bots really get at a core issue that we focus on when we think about trying to keep our network secure, and that is validation. So when we don't have the ability to do the validation of who's behind the keyboard, then one of the key ways that we're able to secure our processes or secure our businesses has been undermined. And so I think from a global perspective, all of the things you guys have laid out, the potential societal issue, the trust, the potential disinformation, the credential stuffing, the fraud that we see, the potential to take down a website, I think that 
all of it comes back to that core issue of identity verification, identity validation, and both businesses and individuals need to recognize that when they're interacting with a machine, it very well may be a machine on the other end, right? When we think about machines, we always think they're run by humans, but more and more, although of course bots are being run at a high level by humans, there are many processes that we're encountering online that are impacting global businesses that are these automated bots. And I think that many businesses owners just don't know that this is an issue, but humans also, right? All humans. So it's not a, just a business issue. It gets down to the personal level. And I think that bots are something that people are going to continue to hear more and more about, and they're going to need to because their ability to operate in a functional way online is increasing on the bot side. And so we're going to need to make sure that from a business and a personal perspective, we know what we're up against. Thanks, Jordan. Your comments uh, really bring home the fact that this is a challenge that just can't be ignored. So I'm keen to understand what, what advice you would give to business leaders right now. And let's let's start with Jenny. Sure. So I think, um, you know, at the moment, um, business leaders can't ignore the damage that these bots can cause. Um, and that's damage, you know, from an oper- operational perspective, but also, you know, a reputational perspective. Ultimately, both are going to feed into damage on the bottom line. And I think, um, you know, customers and audiences, when they're interacting with companies online, they expect to be protected and kept safe. Um, So my earlier point, you know, business leaders really need to consider that education point. But I think also when tackling the bots, you know, the strategies really need to look at how they can be integrated. So, um, you know, looking at it, as I mentioned, you know, from a technical perspective, but also a non-technical perspective. And often this is going to require breaking down silos inside the organization and looking at how you can bring different skills together to really create, you know, this this working group and the right collective to tackle the bots. So yeah, the the approach really needs to be integrated um, so that you've got a 360 view and that you're tackling it from all angles. But ultimately, I think, you know, it needs to be led by data as well. So really accurately understanding the full extent of the problem, as well as identifying where opportunity and risk areas lie. Thanks, Ginny. Um, MGM, how have you seen this challenge tackled well? And what would your advice be? So generally speaking, the people who are handling this the best are those who are trying to get one step ahead of the attackers, rather than simply reacting to attacks after the fact. They're those who are taking steps to try and get ahead of the attackers, to try and implement defences that will stop them before the attack actually happens. So one of the keys to that is really just having a bot management capability. If you've got a a bot management capability, if you've got some way of reliably detecting and mitigating against these bots, you're much better protected than someone who is almost sort of manually going through data sets afterwards to try and figure out what what happened. At that point, it's a bit too late. You know, you you, you want to move to more of a a sort of pre-mortem rather than a post-mortem model. It's uh, all well and good to tell someone that an attack has happened and what happened. Uh, It's probably better to tell them we stopped it happening a few hours earlier. Uh, people tend to be a lot happier if you stop a mugging rather than tell them after the fact that they have been mugged. So generally speaking, it's, I think it's important to treat this like, you know, the, the best bot management solutions, the best bot management capabilities are those that treat these like any other cyber attack rather than t- starting from the goal of, we want to stop the bots. They start from a stage of, uh, 
Okay, how do these bots work? What are the stages that this attack goes through? And what's the, you know, can we understand the kill chain here? And can we try to break this kill chain in the most effective manner possible? You know, where's the best place to target this kill chain in order to stop the attack happening with the minimal amount of cost and risk to us? Um, so, you know, necessarily we, we've been sort of looking into what we call these sort of business logic attacks into these bot attacks as often they sort of the business logic attack is the overarching attack and the bot facilitates certain stages of the attack. You know, there's always going to be a human involved at some stage in these attacks, whether that's just, say, picking up a, a shoe or a video game console from a successful scalping attack um, through to, say, scalping on a ticket supplier or even just uh, locking down a seat on an aeroplane somewhere. So there's always going to be some human involvement. So you, you need to look at your own business processes, understand what sort of bots are going to be attacking you and understand you know, what, what is the best way to apply a bot management capability here? What's the best way to stop these attacks by breaking that kill chain? You know, let, let's use the same methods that we've used in other more technical attacks and apply them here to this problem as well. Thanks, MGM. So that, that understanding of the threat and the intent of the attacker is really quite key. And it's also worth noting, you know, the work that you're doing in terms of using the, the MITRE ATT&CK framework in order to help describe that kill chain activity. Um, Matt, what would you add to that statement? Yeah, re really interesting points there. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, for me, security is absolutely a key aspect of, of your considerations into what bots might be doing to you, to your business, um, but also integrity, um, I think, is quite a key issue. And, and Janie mentioned um you know, have been led by data in responding to some of these issues. Um, you know, I was recently made aware of a statistic on the amount of web traffic that can be automated could be up to 52%. So 52% of web traffic. If you're analyzing perhaps a customer journey, if you're looking at your marketing statistics, if you're trying to use data as a, as a digital asset to drive your business, you know, up to half of that potentially could be totally inaccurate. You know, that's actually a pretty significant problem when you're looking at these issues. Um, and I think it's important to understand, you know, MGM mentioned a whole variety of ways these things can be used at the moment. Um, it's not going away anytime soon. You know, we're only seeing an increase in these types of automated behaviour. Um, I quite like the idea of really of framing the sort of criminal behaviour as though they were a competitor. You know, albeit an illegitimate one, they are fundamentally now competing for use of your resources. Um, use of your website. They may be, as MGM mentions, they're scalping um, some of your products. They may be trying to interface with your client base instead of you for a whole variety of purposes, maybe even harvesting their own data for some sort of marketing purpose. You know, there's a lot of this stuff going on. You know, again, 52% of web traffic could be completely automated. That's, uh, you know, that's quite a stark amount when we're looking therefore at these issues we really need to think you know from a business perspective how does my business respond to that using all of the apparatus it has available to it you know as Janie mentioned reputation is a potential impact you know what's the PR response going to be if these things come up what are the legal issues that could be involved you know, it's not a purely technical um, proposition in, in response as, as Janie rightly said and I think you know if we were to say you know what's the fundamental takeaway for me for business leaders I think is how does hostile automation potentially affect your business? You know, you've got something that's intended to be used in a certain way. How might someone abuse or misuse that same facility? So when we look at these issues now, we're starting to see or what we're starting to need is a shift in mindset. And we saw this with cybersecurity where um, we now have systems in place of things like security by design when we're producing new technologies. And I think here with the amount of automation now available sort of out there in the wild, 
um, we're really looking at something similar, which is integrity by design. You know, how, again, might our systems be used and misused as well as when they are being used effectively? That seems to be a really key point about, you know, understanding both the impact on things like reputation and customer journey. And I'm, I'm keen to understand maybe the implications from an organisational perspective. Uh, Jordan, I wonder if, based on those sorts of comments, how, how would you advise a client? So I think we've hit on a lot of the potential risks of hostile bots, right? Of bots doing things that we don't want them to do to our business, whether it's fraud or they're generating information that's not accurate to Matt's point about the amount of web traffic out there that might be automated, that might not be real people sitting behind the keyboard. So I think that business leaders need to be thinking about what they can put into place that's going to counter this activity. And I think that too often people think that this will just be something that's handled down at the IT department level. I think that organizational leaders need to understand what they're up against. And I think they need to think about what they might be potentially, for example, paying for that's really being based on, it might not seem hostile, but invalid web activity. For example, if they're saying to folks, we're going to give you certain levels of, of incentives in our organization if we're seeing this much traffic to our websites, or we're going to give you certain performance improvements if we're understanding that this many people are accessing our content online, for example. Um, and if that's not genuine, then you need to understand how have you maybe driven those incentives to your organization? How have you made yourself a good target? And what are you going to do to arm yourself in the battle against the bots? And so I think that it's not just at the cyber department, cybersecurity, information technology team to make sure that they take care of the bots. And of course, I liked uh, MGM's point that it's better to do something before it happens. So it's great if your IT department can explain to you what they're doing to prevent bots in advance. But I think that you really need to understand across different parts of the business what they're doing to understand that they're not being impacted by bots and that the information that they're producing to you as a business leader is valid and that it's based on real genuine web traffic, particularly if that's a key element of your business. Thanks, Jordan. Now, looking to the future, I'm really keen to understand how my guests expect this challenge to evolve. Matt, what, what do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Dave, because, um, you know, of course, so many of these things are, you know, driven by potentially geopolitics, socioeconomic factors, you know, it can be quite hard to predict. I think those we've probably all agreed here today, you know, bots are here to stay um, for the immediate term, certainly. And to me, you know, as, as Jordan, you were saying there, there is a resource cost um, to these things. And I think we can expect that to increase in the first instance. And, you know, only recently there's been um, media coverage, for example, of the impact um, in terms of carbon footprint of um, cryptocurrencies and crypto mining. Um, you know, there's an example of a resource cost. Um, you know, Jordan, as you said, you know, there's, there's money involved in keeping facilities online. You're potentially serving um, a, you know, a machine um, with your resources rather than your intended target audience. So you know, when we look to the future, I think we'll see more and more of this. And uh, I can see a real sort of societal shift in understanding how we use and how we interact with technology. You know, it really is happening um, right now in front of us. And um, uh, something um, you know, I'm, I'm keen to stress is let's not think of this as some sort of scary machine that's out to get you in some way. You know, it's just technology. Um, it, it doesn't have a moral compass. Technology fundamentally can be used for, for bad or good. Um, and it's up to us as humans to decide what we do um, with technology um, in that way. 
that's what dictates it, its morality. A really stark point occurred to me, and it's something um, I mentioned earlier in terms of validating whether or not you have um, a genuine customer. It's something um, MGM also mentioned in terms of captures. You know, right now in front of us, we've got the evidence that something is broken and something is wrong with this system. You, know, you engage with a website and you have to self-identify, you have to self-certify as a human being. You have to select all the bicycles or all of the bridges. You have to solve the simple sum, put in some characters on your computer. I mean, right there, that is, there's something wrong with that system and that's the evidence for that. Thanks, Matt. Now, turning to Ginny, I'm interested in how you believe companies will, will adapt to this sort of challenge. Yeah, so I think um, we've talked a lot today about uh, the sophistication of data and analytics and how that can really enable companies to understand the full extent of the problem. And I think sophistication in that, you know, in these data and analytics is only, only going to grow. Um, and that will ensure that, you know, companies don't have any blind spots. Um, but really, my hope is that um, these organizations will start tackling bots with an integrated approach. Um, and begin, you know, leveraging the data to pinpoint exactly the impact that the bots are having, um, you know, and, and how the audiences are reacting to that. So using data and analytics to understand, you know, what narratives are being understood or the attitudes of your audiences, uh, their behaviors online and how you can really protect the connection um, and the user journey um, that they have with you. I guess I'd also really like to see companies taking a proactive approach to tackling these bots. Uh, so using campaign tactics to educate their audiences and really measuring that. So data can enable a company to not only understand the context and the impact the bots are having, but it can also help you to measure uh, the impact of the strategies that you put in place. So seeing how that moves the needle and the dial in terms of educating your audiences or uh, tackling the bots. So um, I think data and analytics can plug in from the beginning of the process and run throughout um, the whole strategy. And hopefully audience education will grow and audiences will begin to identify the risks themselves and they'll be able to protect themselves with the help of these businesses as well. Thanks, Jenny. Now, if we were to go back to the threat itself, MGM, what are your thoughts on how you believe this may develop? So, yeah, um, the threat itself is it's always hard to predict what the adversaries are going to do because in no small regard it is they are somewhat reactive to what we as defenders do so as organizations change and sort of implement better bot management capabilities the attackers are going to to change their approach as well nonetheless i think the, the sort of general trend we're going to see is, as uh, everyone else has been alluding to, this problem's not going away. These attackers, you know, the, uh, the point I made earlier about, you know, the sharks are smelling the blood in the water. The blood is in the water. There's more and more people involved in this now. There's more and more people getting interested in it. And there's a lot more money. People are realizing there's a lot more money to be made out of here. So these adversaries, these attackers are going to continue growing. And as Matt was saying, you know, you should be seeing them as competitors to your organization, but they're also competing with one another. So what we are seeing at the moment, what I think we will continue to see is that there's definitely going to be some front runners and some of these bot developers from bot users are going to fall out the sort of the back of the pack as more and more organizations implement better bot management, more and more are going to fall, more and more adversaries are going to fall out of the pack and no longer be competitive in that marketplace. Nonetheless, this battle is, is not one that's going to be won with a single bullet. You can't just say, we've done bot management last week, we're safe now forever. To stay ahead of these attackers, bot management is a continuous process. This battle has to continue to be fought. It has to be this battle has to be won every day. So I think I think from to answer your question, Dave, uh, 
Externally, we're going to see these attackers continue. They're going to grow in sophistication. The attacks are going to get uh, more numerous and more dangerous as, as time goes on. We've talked a lot about exactly what you said there, MGM, that they're only going to get better at this. And I think that we have talked a lot about what we would tell business leaders to do. But I think that as long as bots are having a potential financial gain, we're still going to see them. So how do we make this issue go away on a global scale? Is that even possible? And you look to the US, which actually does have some small amount of legislation that's against bots. There's a, a bill that was introduced fairly, a law that was introduced fairly recently that gets at ticket automation um, bots and, and makes that potentially have criminal liabilities, but enforcement has already proven to be really difficult. And in the UK, I know that they've introduced a law in the last year, or an idea for a law and hasn't even gotten to the point of, of being a law. And so how do we ever hope to ward off these attacks on a global basis? I, I find that it might sound like a really depressing way to end this conversation, but I don't think we're even close to having a solution. And I think that our, our nations, uh, not just the, the, those that are represented here on this call today, but those who want uh, economic prosperity for their citizens are going to have to think about how they can take global action against these bots. Of course, they're not based in any one country, but the consequences continue to be really significant. And until we can understand how we can stop them, not just at a business level, right? How we can stop them at a higher level before they've even been created. Uh, Janie hit a little bit on the idea of this misinformation, but it's not just about economic prosperity, right? We think about them a lot in the United States impacts to our potential presidential election. And I know many other countries are thinking those same kind of kind of thoughts about misinformation and how they have the potential to not really know if the news that they're they're reading and that they're seeing is the top article uh, on Twitter, for example, is it the top article on Twitter because other people think it's a hot topic or is it there because of bots? Twitter has done a lot uh, on the bots front, so they're certainly not part of the problem, but I think that we still are going to have these global challenges and combating them at the business level really doesn't get to the heart of the problem. So I really look forward to smart people like those on the call today continuing to talk about this challenge and continuing to emphasize what a big issue it really is. And we have perhaps even begun to scrape the surface of what needs to be done to combat it going forward. Thanks, Jordan. I'm sure listeners will agree this has been a fascinating podcast with some, some great insight into the global challenge of bots and their ecosystems. There have been some really important lessons about how an organization can tackle bots um, across all their business units. And this isn't just an IT issue. And the theme of validation for design for me was a really, really important takeaway. So I'd like to thank my guests for joining me today. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you would like to find out more about what we do here at FTI Cybersecurity and how we help build a resilient future for clients, please do reach out to me or any of today's guests. Mm -hmm.